All right, we are live for the Tuesday edition of the People's Talk Show. And uh, apologize for the tardiness, but due to technical issues on the back end, there's always something to keep me busy. But anyway, hope everyone's doing well. Welcome to the People's Talk Show. And uh, as always, excited to connect and uh, find out what you guys are keeping your eyes on. And just, of course, try to navigate and talk through these interesting times we're living in, trying to make sense of everything as best we can. And uh, other than that, just uh, try to have some fun with it. So definitely looking forward to uh, sharing with you maybe four or five different articles. Uh, and then, of course, open up the phone line so you guys can let your voice be heard. So as always, want to make sure I welcome everyone to the fold. Thank you for taking time to bless me with your presence. Hopefully more people are notified so that we can uh, have everybody join us and let everybody uh, get a chance to let their voice be heard. So we got Andy checking in. Appreciate you. Super, super natural checking in. Craig checking in. Uh, let me see here. TB, appreciate you. Uh, Marie, if I'm not, Marl, if I'm not saying that incorrectly, appreciate you. All right. So we're going to have an interesting live stream. And as always, the goal is just, you know, scan the airways, see what uh, catches my eye and then uh, bring it to you guys. Let you guys decipher whether or not it's something worth reporting on or not. And so once again, just trying to uh, see what sticks and what doesn't. And, you know, different narratives out here. We got a looming government shutdown again. Of course, something will be passed, but it's just the timing of it is not ideal, especially when the rest of the world is not too keen on allowing you to continue to do what you've been doing uninterrupted. So that's going to be an issue. Then interesting at a headline here. Uh, of course, it's 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 uh, it's very slanted towards uh, the Eastern agenda of nations deciding to de-dollarize their economies, i.e. the BRICS. So just give some interesting numbers here. Small in nature. But then again, over time, it adds up. And of course, uh, a lot of political spiel that I have, I want to share with you guys and of course, see what else you guys are keeping an eye on. <clears throat> okay. So before I rant anymore, I want to make sure everyone who is here thus far, uh, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up button, show your support for the channel. Hopefully there's always that notifies more people so everyone can get a chance to be notified. That's the ultimate goal here. Get as many people that of like mind in the same room at one time and let us put our thoughts together, see what we can come up with that makes sense is ultimately what I'm trying to do. Okay, so uh, trying to do a better job of sticking to a, a, a time format, but it's, it's not as easy as I would like for it to be. And so that's one of the issues I have with trying to, you know, source the news, filter the news, do the graphics, do the editing. That's just, yeah, as you guys can imagine, it's, it, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it, it takes its toll over time. So when you take a night off, it's like, okay, some, sometimes it's a sigh of relief. But anyway, all right, we're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. Okay, let's make it work. Let's jump to some headlines, man. So I was trying to, well, I didn't get a chance to do much of anything I was wanting to do. But anyway, I'm going to thumb, thumb through the headlines, open up the phone lines, and we'll see where it takes us. All right, let's go. What we got here? What we got here? Let's get on the very first one. Okay, very first one. Very interesting. Uh, looks like there's an attempt to try to pass something and the, what bothers me the most out of all of this is the fact that they've made it clear well before now that Ukraine is of utmost importance beyond everything else. So no matter what comes about with this debt ceiling, there better be funds for Ukraine. And I'm so tired of hearing about Ukraine. Zelensky, you know, it's one of the things where it'd be one thing if this was something that I really, truly thought was a legitimate cause rather than a proxy war 
between all the industrial complexes out there. There's pharmaceutical, military, governmental complexes, you name it. I mean, name a complex. It's all involved in funding this crap. But anyway, so I just get, I get a little emotional, get a little away. But um, let me say, I'm going to get through these headlines as fast as I can. What I did is took the primary headlines, summarize it in a sense where it makes sense in a, in a tighter, in a tighter, smaller uh, time frame, and then go from there. Okay, so real quick. And of course, as always, the goal is, you know, share your thoughts on this on the comment in the comments or when the phone lines open up, give me a call. And let your voice be heard. All right. It says Congress is moving into crisis mode. Our government lives in crisis. We are a crisis. But then again, like they always say, we're the we're the cleanest shirt and a basket full of dirty laundry. <laughs> so it's like it's something that I guess is worth just sucking up and rolling with the punches until. OK, Congress is not con- Congress moving. Congress is moving into a crisis mode as Senate unveils bipartisan bill. So check out some of the details of this bipartisan bill. I'm going to share you to avoid a government shutdown. Okay, bipartisan bill. So let's see some of the details of what's included in this bipartisan deal. So here, summarize a few things here, make it easier for you. Uh, Let me zoom out a little bit so it's not so big. Okay, there we go. Hopefully you guys can read this or follow me along. Okay, it says Congress is approaching a government shutdown just five days left until the deadline. It says the House plans an evening vote to find to fund parts of the government. But Speaker Kevin McCarthy faces resistance from the hard right Republicans seeking deeper spending cuts. So it's that, you know, we got to keep paying our bills that we've already obligated to spend to, to pay for. But then again, the other side is like we need to cut back on some political spill. The Senate introduces a 79 page bipartisan bill to fund the government at current levels, including six billion for Ukraine and six billion for U.S. disaster assistance. And it's like, OK, so just, just read this, just looking at the number six billion for Ukraine. They've already given them 40 something plus billion. Sent them some tanks, three approximately 300 tanks are heading there right now. Six billion to Ukraine and six billion to the U.S. disaster resistance. So I wonder, you know, is that like for the current disasters, you know, meaning Hawaii or Florida or that's the six billion for disasters that's, you know, they're going to this coming. So once again, good thing to have a money printer, I guess, until you don't. Says the Senate bill also extends federal aviation uh, administration provisions. Says the crisis occurs amid the backdrop of the 2024 elections with the hard right <laughs> Republicans influenced by former President Donald Trump. They had to throw that in there. It says a government shutdown would affect the U.S. economy and millions relying on federal services, including military personnel and the women, infants and children program recipients. So SNAP and the military and on top of everything else. And a part of me is like, OK, at some point I would I wouldn't mind just getting this thing over with for the most part, just kick, you know, stop kicking a can down the road, let some things go belly up so people can really understand what's at stake here. And so I personally, within this five days, it's good to say that it's going to, this is not, it's going to be drawn out until the last minute or over into the next day at beyond that five days. And from that point on, it's going to be more news headlines talking about this, talking about that. But once again, it's not a good timing for the government to be so divided while they are still in need of continuing to borrow to remain operational. And it's like, okay, if the government's realized that they're not in the best position within their own house, 
how are we going to continue to fund that by taking on some of those liabilities that we know are not going to be uh, worth as much in the future, especially in this current uh, interest rate environment that we're living in now. So huh, something that uh, I guess in time we'll find out, but who knows? Okay. On to the next subject. This is just another headline. It's just, just, it's just too interesting to pass up just because from here on out until, you know, until there's something that the world uses as a viable option, there's going to be talk and not talk. It will be around the bricks, gold and everything in between. And so definitely I cannot dismiss it. It says BRICS countries dump 123 billion in U.S. Treasuries this year. And so what's, what would you say? What's 123 billion out of you know trillions? But then again, nothing major happens overnight. It's all small incremental. And it happens to be at a time where there is no confidence really in U.S. Uh, government and their liabilities. So just give you some numbers as to what was inside of this article here. It says the British nations are redux, reducing ties with the U.S. Treasury by selling off Treasury bonds. They are diversifying their portfolios with assets like gold, local currencies, oil and gas. It says this move serves as a hedge against potential U.S. economic policies that may restrict the dollar's funding capacity. It says in 2003. The BRICS collectively sold one, two, seven, one hundred and twenty two point seven billion. OK, give you some stats here. It says China and the BRICS member led the way by offloading one hundred and seventeen billion in the U.S. government debt. It says Brazil reduces Treasury by two point seven billion. India also trimmed its holdings by two point three billion and reportedly reduced its uh, reliance on the U.S. dollar and Forex markets. It says UAE saw a three hundred million decrease in its U.S. Treasury holdings. So we got 1. 122, 117, 2.7, 2.3, and 300 million. Very, very small. But over time, it adds up. And imagine the other countries, smaller nations that don't have that, don't have the, the, the military might or just the overall economic wherewithal to be able to do such. They're more than likely going to be on the receiving end of all those big nations deciding to dump some of their treasury holdings. So it's one of the things where once they dump, somebody going to be there on the other end to slap it back up. <laughs> so the cycle might continue longer than we all anticipate. And then here's another headline here. It says blame the bricks for the end of the dollar's global domination. And of course it's just more talk about de-dollarization and the inclusion of six possible nations and how these nations here as a part of them joining the union, they're going to be incentivized to do uh, international trade beyond U.S. liabilities. And so it's just a slow, gradual chipping away, as I mentioned before. But it's an interesting piece here because the guy puts together a pretty interesting case as to why it's not a matter of if, but when uh, the world follows suit. And so the big boys started first and then the little small countries follow last. So something worthwhile, but I ain't going to bore you with all that. So let's get into more of the criminal activity happening in the U.S. government. And so it happens to be with the continual funding and sending military equipment to a region that is no real is, is, is they're not even attempting to there's no such thing as winning that proxy war just because Russia is not even fighting like seriously. They're literally just I, it's good to say them tanks 
whatever tanks end up there, they may not end, actually end up in Ukraine. They may end up going somewhere to some proxy war in Africa or something like that. But here's a headline. It says U.S. sends its first batch of Abrams tanks to Ukraine. And so long story short, they're expecting it says it is important to note that the Ukrainian authorities uh, previously stated that around 300 tanks will be needed to enable victory in their counteroffensive. So they're, I guess, anticipating or expecting 300 or so tanks to show up in Ukraine for Putin basically to just disassemble as soon as they get there with some type of airstrike. So, but then again, that's uh, American taxpayer dollars, or it's not even necessarily American taxpayer dollars because tax receipts are down drastically. <laughs> and so it's more so just the deficit spending going towards the militarization of Ukraine for what point, who knows? But then again, it doesn't stop there. It says U.S. to keep paying salaries for tens, tens of thousands of Ukrainians during the government shutdown. So regardless of whatever chaos might result from military, as well as all the SNAP programs and things of that nature, parks closing, stuff like that, because of the inability to come up with more debt. But then again, on in Ukraine, they're going to make sure that salaries are paid, operations flow, businesses are funded, and everything in between. So think about like just these are the political people. I can't even call them leaders. These are the political puppets in D.C. Elected or chosen, however it may play out, and their priorities. And to think that a lot of these people were voted in and they don't really represent the people. The American people, sort of per se, give an idea what's going on here. <sighs> Very disturbing. It says American tax dollars are paying the salaries of 57,000 Ukrainian civil service personnel, including first responders. So literally. A part of the taxes that would be expected to be paid in the future is right now currently going towards Ukraine's salaries. The U.S. has proved, uh, provided over $43 billion in the military aid to Ukraine, equivalent to about 5% of the American defense budget. 5% of the American defense budget. And I think defense budget, last time I heard, was 800. It was about 800, 800 billion or something like that. Eight, yeah, about that. Or 900, something like that. But 5% of it is going to Ukraine. While European countries combined have contributed around 30 billion. The U.S. government is buying seeds and fertilizer for Ukrainian farmers as part of its support efforts. They're buying fertilizer and seed. Ukrainian aid will remain exempt from the, any potential government shutdown, even if federal employees are affected. So even if you work for the government in this country and during that time stretch, there is no flowing of capital. You won't get paid, but the Ukrainian civil workers will. It says USAID has helped Ukrainian businesses find new customers overseas, contributing to Ukrainians' economy during the war. So it looks like uh, the U.S. is also funding businesses, international marketing efforts. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, it says that bipartisan support exists from providing funding to Ukraine with Senators Elizabeth Warren. These people, uh, I'm not going to waste my time. But anyway, you guys, you guys see how stuff like this can be very frustrating to a lot of people. But then again, the average person is not really paying attention to it. I don't know what's at stake. So, you know, it doesn't really impact many, but I mean, for some, some people do care. 
some people do care. Okay, and then here's another one that I thought might be something we're going to hear more about. It says, Tess Cruz, the odds are very significant that Michelle Obama will replace Biden. And so I think uh, that will be very interesting because as of right now, the Democratic Party, they, I don't know, I mean, we, I don't follow the political sphere as much just because it's political theater in a sense. But the fact that I don't think there are any real candidates on that side of the aisle that it's, there's no fresh blood. They're all they're recycling the same people, the same school of thoughts, because they're all a part of the same club with the same agenda. And it has nothing to do with better in our country. And so, I mean, out of 300 some million people, they keep going back to the same people. This lets us know that this is something that it's an insider's club. And we're on the outside looking at on the, inside, on the outside trying to look in. And it's not nothing for our benefit. Let's put it like that. I was listening to another George Garland a little clip today and just hearing how he just broke it down so eloquently, eloquently and polite. <laughs> yeah, the boys club. Anyway, keep it moving. Curious to get your thoughts on that. And then here's another interesting one I thought was, you know, something worth mentioning just because it goes to show how the banking sector can be guilty of a variety of crimes. And instead of doing the time, they just pay a fine. <laughs> they don't do time, but they just pay a fine. It says JP Morgan settles Jeffrey Epstein case for 75 million avoiding trial. And so they didn't plead guilty. They just said, hey, before we get to that point where you got to start talking and we got to actually open up the books. We'll just give you a couple of dollars, 75 million. They make billions. Epstein was dealing with billionaires. That's a slap on the wrist real quick. They said JP Morgan Chase will pay 75 million to settle a lawsuit brought by the U S Virgin islands uh, re related to his alleged involvement in aiding Jeffrey Epstein's underage sex trafficking operation. It says the settlement was reached just one month before the trial, uh, where, where the Virgin islands sought 190 million and damages from the bank. I'm not quite sure how like the Virgin Island wants damages, like what type of damages were done. And it all took place on a, on an excluded Island off the coast of the main Island. I'm not sure. It says JP Morgan chase admitted no wrongdoing as part of the settlement. The bank and had uh, previously flagged over 1 billion in suspicious transactions. So here's a question out of those suspicious act, uh, suspicious transactions, equaling to 1 billion. Who were they coming from? Where did they end up? Whose names out of whose bank account were those billions or hundreds of millions flowing? And it's those people that were funding this, they were paying for, that were paying for, uh, that's kind of twisted, but to, they were paying to play on that Island. And it's those are people who are right now, like just feeling immune to the concept of justice because there's no such thing as justice in this decaying of a world we live in. But yeah, never, we'll never find out who was on the Epstein plane or Island. It says the bank has proved or whatever. Okay. So I'll spare you guys that. All right. So enough of that. So these are just some things that caught my attention. Not much, you know, monetary news related apart from just showing you how corrupt and criminal <laughs> the system is in and of itself. But then again, you guys already knew that. And so I'm curious, uh, what else is out there? I mean, of course, there's, I saw, you know, let me say, I saw that, uh, you know, Dow's down a little bit today. Stock market didn't do too heavily. Bond yields still continue to climb a little bit. And the banks are a little bit uh, skittish right now. So yeah, it's, it's never a dull moment. Um, what else that? Uh, Biden found to have offshore accounts. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I, no doubt, no doubt. 
no doubt. Okay, so let me start ranting. Let's uh, open the phone lines. Let's see what's going on. Let me find out. Let me get my stuff together up here. And uh, we can see where, where the conversation leads us today. All right, so phone lines are open. Let's get these phones open. And uh, feel free to give me a call. Let's talk. Whatever else is on your radar, feel free to shoot it straight. Let's try to keep it quick and short and to the point so we can try to get as many calls in as we can if we have any calls. If not, it'd be a short live stream. No problem. Or highlight at Rethinking a Dollar, and I definitely would love to jump on some uh, thoughts. Okay, we have, let me read this. RT, any thoughts to getting J.R. Naquist on your show as a guest? Um, Craig, unfortunately, I don't, I'm not familiar with J.R. I don't know who that is. I have to find out who that is. So I'll, I can research. I mean, I'm not familiar with him. I mean, I'm, I don't know much about it. Nothing brings a bell. So let me know. Was that a content creator or a historian or what? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Biden got gold like Mendez. Oh, yeah. And I heard another thing with him. He's also not going to step down. He's going to run again. So this ain't the first time he had a run in with briberies. So what else we got going on? Uh, XRP still 50 cents. <laughs> uh, we got gas in my state, 4.99. Yeah, we're about uh, a little shy of $4 here. A little shy of $4 here. Uh, what else we got? No miners. Miners. No miners. No miners. On the island. No miners on the island. Yeah, the island was full of miners. Man, that's just, that's, that's just whole... The whole thing is sick and twisted, man. But just think about that's you know that that line of I, I can't even call it serve that that whole industry is billions of dollars, like billions of dollars. And the last thing they want is people mess with their funds or their fun, their funds or their fun. Sick. Uh, who? What we got here? Five forty TB says who owns and controls the USA um the World Health Organization I, I don't I wouldn't I don't know if they own and control they've been designated as a international entity through the UN and so they're on that status of immunity from anything really so they stand alone so the United Nations, you know, it looks like the World Economic Forum got that same status as well. The World Health Organization got that same status. Uh, I'm sure there's a couple more entities out there that's not coming to mind right now that just stand alone beyond borders, beyond governments. You know, it, it's a matter of who controls them because it's not. I mean, of course, it's, it's influenced by the U.S. because we because not we, but this country funds everything. And so you got, you know, the World Bank, Bank of, Mission, Bank of International Settlements. So you pick your poison. Not all them groups, not unelected officials that answer to no one, unfortunately. Craig, it says, uh, it says, JR, it has been a columnist for World Net Daily, Sierra Times, and Financial Sense Online. He is author of Origins of the Fourth World Order, Fool and His Enemy. Hmm. Okay. Craig, great recommendation there. I definitely don't mind reaching out to somebody. So I will definitely put that on my to-do list. Thank you for the suggestion. And I, I mean, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've seen an interview of, of theirs, but if they're open to joining me, I definitely would love to have them. And then of course, get you guys to give me some good questions to put forth. 
Um, good one. Black Rock and Vanguard, in my opinion. I would definitely say that those two entities, because I've seen enough visual aids to see that they have invested in every single company and or bought and took over every single company that served their interest. So everything has been consolidated down in the private sector, it looks like, to BlackRock and Vanguard. So it's definitely, um, those are some definite factors because if you own a good portion of the company, or you have a vote at the table of boards of executives, then of course you can sway policy and everything in between. And we already know that BlackRock and Vanguard, they've already signed on to the concept of a stakeholder capitalism, which is basically saying that they own even more (laughs) of what they already own. So it would surprise me. Uh, Let me see. What was this? It says, RTD says, I heard that Goldman Sachs is the architect behind the bricks. Your thoughts. Um, I, let me see. So I, I did hear, um, I saw or read an article stating that it could have been Goldman Sachs or another bank, probably Goldman Sachs, uh, came up with the term BRICS referring to Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa in the early two thousands. And then from that point on, uh, the BRICS actually came about as a unit. So it is very possible because, the same majority shareholder of Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, State Street, all the GSIBs, the, the the entities, the families, the trust funds, the trust babies is generational that owns the majority of shares in those two big to fail banks. They're the ones that have been uh, heavily rooted into the system for generations, including Europe, Africa, Asia. So it's good to say that they're able to get things done in a way that suits them. So I would not be surprised that the BRICS is another distraction given to us as a good guy, bad guy scenario, like the, the like they do in the movies. You know, you always got to have a, a bad guy versus a good guy. And so could very well be true. I don't doubt it. Like I've said before in the past, I am more than confident that no matter which side wins in the end with whatever type of currency, it's still going to be something that favors them, not us. It won't be more. It won't be. It won't be more freedom at the end of all this reset stuff. That's just my two cents. Uh, debt and regret. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, it says since I last talked to you three years ago, uh, it says Australian house prices almost double in some areas. Uh, secondhand cars were as expensive as new cars. If this isn't a sign of the collapse of currencies that I don't know what is. I'm currently all in on gold miners. Debt and regret. I hear you, man. And and speaking of which, um, since we last talked three years ago, I, and I want to say globally, especially in all the developed nations, as a result of the lockdown stimulus that came afterwards, every nation experienced that 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 race to the top of you know consumer prices. But then again, if I'm not mistaken, Australia was already in that trajectory. You know what I'm saying? You already already had a housing bubble that was, for the most part, unaffordable, similar to Canada, if I'm not mistaken. So to hear that, you know, it's even 10 times or not 10 times, but even worse, isn't surprising whatsoever. But the question is, what has the government done in the meantime to try to sustain that? Because it's good to say they can't afford to have that bubble burst. So. I had imagined they probably ease on on the back end trying to incentivize people to buy those houses. And so 
anyway, let, let me know what's going on. Curious to hear. All right, let's get some calls in here. I've been missing calls. Forgive me. Get ranting. Hello, Carlos. Where are we calling from? Hey, Mike, there's no blood pressure. Corpus Christi, how you doing? LBD, LBT, LBD, <laughs> LBP. <laughs> oh, my good. I'm doing good, man. <laughs> you drinking a beer, Mike? I don't know if you heard that. I, I did not. What you, what you sipping on, man? Some seed stuff called Frio, man. It's out of Memphis, like that crazy girl, uh -huh. that, that that one that cheated on, on on what's his name? What's that guy named that comedian guy? Uh, I don't know. Cheated on a comedian guy. I don't know which one. I don't, I don't know. You got to Comedian from from uh, damn. Now I can't think of his damn name. I just had it in my head. He's from Memphis, and and and, and uh, he's a famous guy. He gives people like uh, marriage advice, but he, he got cheated on. What the hell is his name? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he's it. A comedian ball. He's like kings of comedy. Kings of comedy. Uh, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, that's <laughs> the one. Mike, I'm thinking one for from his wife from her hometown of Memphis. <laughs> so what? I, I mean, so I, I heard rumors, but I didn't validate it. So is is that the case? Is she literally like mess with a with his, with his bodyguard or some crap? Is that real or no? Coming in, they're unarmed. They're they're screwed. You, you they they'd be done in a second. They're not gonna 
they're, they're going to be hungry. They they ain't going to fight. They forget it. They'll go back to Mexico or wherever they came from. <laughs> look, look uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, and then and then you know their partners are going to see back home and they go, oh, I ain't going over there. Look what happened to so and so. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 anyway anyways look in 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 the municipality the mm-hmm. person who enforces like evictions and things like that it's gonna be your constable which mm-hmm. is your county you know it's mm-hmm. not even the city police you know yeah and th- those guys are way under uh, uh, uh funded they're underarmed they're gonna they're not gonna be going door to door telling people hey get out of this house this big bank you have to pay J P Morgan because of, Hell no! They're gonna, there's gonna be shootouts. Like they're not gonna enforce anything. We're gonna get away with it, Michael. Hey. Max out your credit card and get that silver. <laughs> hey man, I appreciate you calling, man. As always, good to hear your voice. Set <laughs> out real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I want to set out to Ed Hammond. He's always on the. He's always saying what's up, and and and, and I don't give him no love. So I'm gonna give him love now. Ed Hammond, what's up? <laughs> good stuff, man. Appreciate you. You got, yeah. <laughs> LBP. I mean, it, it would be great if there was a debt jubilee to that capacity where everybody could just keep the possessions that they have currently. I just don't think it's going to be that easy. And of course, I remember, I think it was Lynette Zhang or a couple other people talking about different periods, like, you know, uh, when there was currency revaluations or i.e. debt, for, you know, not debt forgiveness, but, you know, debt revaluations, how no matter what, like, if the bank was able to reproduce, was able to reproduce the actual mortgage that they say you have, that's the biggest issue. Like, like the paperwork, the paper trail, most of the paper activity has been passed on. These, these, they've been packaged up in mortgage backed securities and shipped out as investment tools. So being able to prove that they actually, you actually owe them is going to be the issue. But then if they are, are able to produce something, they'll probably just, you know, write it down to where they'll definitely try to get some type of pennies off that dollar. So to say that they, uh, you know, can get something. So we'll see. Uh, I said, anyone heard from Steve? Yeah, so Steve called in, I think it was last week when we talked. He was doing good. He also, I mean, he's, Steve sends articles every day. So Steve, you know, he's out there keeping his eyes and ears open. He's out there doing well. Uh, he said his call is funny. LBP, man. Yeah, good dude. Good dude, good dude, good dude. Uh, what else we got here? Raw, 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 raw. Good question. Don't know what else we got. If American people, it says, if American people had a choice between freedom and a UBI with a small room and a few slices of pizza, throwing an ice cream cone, which would they choose? Uh, depend on it, it's to be honest with you, it's not a clear cut. It's not a clear cut answer to that question, just because it depends on what part of society you're talking about. You got the people who've been groomed to rely upon the government. That that offer will probably sound mighty tempting. Then you have a small portion of the population that uh, actually value their own liberty and freedoms and everything else to where they would probably, you know, obviously answer that in a different way. So it's it's sad to say that it's not a clear cut answer, in my opinion, because you got a lot of people who like, hell, I wouldn't mind, you know, having a room and a size of pizza every day. It's it's, it's sad. The people get so people have been so dumbed down through our educational system to where they would rather be on the receiving end rather than on the production end of things for the sheer sake of gratification of just being feeling like you're producing something, bringing value into this life. I mean, that's just, there's no substitute for that in my opinion, but Hey, hello, Carlos. Where are you calling from? Hey, 
Hello? Oops. Hello? You right there? Yes, can you hear me? I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Joe from PA. Can you hear me good? Yep, I got you, my friend, from PA. What's going on, my friend? We're just doing some thinking, because I know you seen uh, places. All right, um, All right, go ahead. Let me let me get it. What was that? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I hit the volume button like a dummy for my mistake. But go ahead. You good? Okay. So, what would you say? What would you say to what's the purpose of money? The purpose of money? Yeah, because money makes the world go round. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, what do you think the purpose of money is? Okay. There's the technical, you know, Keynesian definition of money with the five principles, barterability, storage, all that stuff like that. I think it's used to exploit. So used to exploit? It has become, I would say the financialization of the world has become easy to exploit because they've, they've, they've commercialized and turned damn near everything into some type of like, um, uh, what you call it? Um, drawing a blank product. Like, so like the money comes in different forms and shapes and sizes nowadays, as far as being able to actually utilize it for goods and services. But anyway, continue. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was listening to you. I was just, um, you was kind of giving me different perspective on what's the purpose of money because I was looking at it like, I really don't know. Yet, money seems to cause a lot of strife. Mm-hmm. Um, like, when I see stories like Bill Gates, mm-hmm. they said went to Epstein for funding. Mm-hmm. So that, that made me think, like, why would Bill Gates go to somebody like Epstein, and I'm not even talking about how people know him now. Mm-hmm. How people knew him back then was that he was just a banker. Mm-hmm. So I, I was thinking, like, why would Bill Gates, you know, and, and other people go to this guy for money? Because in other words, mm-hmm. it's like he, you have a lot to lose. Yeah. So again, this is this is where I see. Um, some spec like, like I, I, I see a lot of suspect activity because again, if you, why would Bill Gates <laughs> go to him from? Why would he go for him for money? So it's it just like I said. I think that um, I put it to you like this: if if somebody cries a lot, mm-hmm. you might think that person is a child, right? Right. <laughs> so one of the things that people do when when they're an adult, they don't want to cry. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm saying is, if you do cry, especially if you're crying, suffering, mm-hmm. then that means that you're still a child, no matter what age you are. And if you're still a child, yeah, no matter what age you are, then that means that who's responsible for me? God. God has to pay that tab. Mm. Yeah. So All right, so I'll let you go. Yeah, I appreciate you, you man. Good call, but good good thoughts there. 
Yeah. So as far as like, you know, the whole Bill Gates, you know, like, so I don't, I don't offhand don't recall like, you know, Bill Gates borrowing funds from Jeffrey Epstein because I think his, uh, in, throughout his career, Jeffrey Epstein just became the plug. He became the middleman between that, that, the, the, the entertainment or the satanic ritualistic entertainment stuff that he provided for his clients. He became the middleman and his services was getting uber wealthy individuals into that world. So like, I, I mean, I don't know. I think so. He became wealthy through being the middleman for all the Uber bankers. And they obviously use the two big to fill banks to funnel funds in between in the form of them conducting transactions for activities. So the fact that Bill Gates and as good as have a, a lot of other billionaires that have yet to really be exposed all ran in that same circle. And the thing about this, like I've heard several times that when you get to a certain level of wealth, everything else beneath that or everything else above that is like you start to think that you're on some type of God level because you have everybody beneath you jump at the beck and call because they're your employees. And so you, you, your viewpoint of the world is very skewed. You get bored. You then start going into other realms, trying to be experience things that, you know, you get from just the thrills of life. And that's what gets all the dark demonic satanic stuff where people go looking for promises of eternal life through whatever and let it, it's the quest to live longer everybody that's a beer and they want to live longer nobody wants to die just because it is, this life to them is as good as it going to get i guess according to their beliefs so yeah sick and twisted man but you know the the root yeah no, the love of money the root of all evil biblically speaking so who knows but they will have their day of reckoning there's only one way all right what we got here i would prefer a pleasant surprise what we got i don't know i'm, I'm dipping dabbing uh, 81 million votes. So, so let me ask you all a question. Let me see, go back here to this little headline here. So based upon, based upon this could be a possibility, who knows, but if there's a chance that Michelle Obama somehow, cause I heard Michelle Obama, Gavin Newsom is put into the mix as candidates, just because at this current moment, no matter who comes from that side, I don't think they have the appeal that, you know, Trump has or, I guess Vivek is moving up in the polls as well. So anywhere I go, I mean, to only have a small few to select from is, is bad enough for us anyway, because none of them can relate to the average person, the average Joe. So, but I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Is Michelle Obama going to get that nominee? And do you think, do you think the, <laughs> do you think the minority community, African-Americans, Latinos, will fall for the same trick two times in a row as far as the establishment putting forth someone that looks like you, if you're a melanated person, and fall for that man and tailpipe again, thinking that that person is a viable candidate to, to do something. Like, because by now everybody can admit that, you know, Barack Obama was more hyped than hope because he actually did not much of anything other than what he was supposed to do. He was put in there to be a, face figure and a great order. But once again, like a uh, country still heading down the shithole. <laughs> Pardon my French. That's just me. <laughs> and so here's the thing, Rob, 
if that is the case, you know how the the man they about to go crazy with all the video footages, deep fake photos of Big Mike, Obama, and his his boy. I mean, they about it's about to get bad to the point where like it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna cause a lot of division amongst family members once again because during the previous campaigns, I'm sure everybody who got family members who are either extremely one way, extremely the other way, couldn't sit down at one table without, you know, getting mad or somebody storming out the house. <laughs> I remember that too well. Uh, he said, yes, they will fall for that again. Daryl, it, it's sad, man. It is sad. So th- here's a question. What selling point would she have? Like what, like, you know, Brock was what, you know, hope, hope, hope or something. Cause it I don't know, hope whatever he ran off of hope. So like Michelle Obama at this current moment can only use Trump and, and the narrative of, you know, the conservative right, they're dangerous, they're terrorists, they're bad for our country. Like, you know, bashing the other side of the aisle at this point, because she can't come out. People are not falling for the lies no more. Like, you know, Kamala Harris has clearly been exposed as being just another person just, you know, who, look and sound as if she's from the inner city, but she ain't got no parts of that inner Cause you know, she's just disconnected. So obviously she's not going to be a candidate, but you know, what would their, what would their selling point be? Like how would they get people to really fall for this again? Without question, because you know, it's a lot of evidence nowadays to show that, you know, it don't really matter what party you're voting for. There's not much that can be done at this point. Um, Michelle is a good speaker, but I don't want her to, to, uh, <laughs> Yeah, most people believe anything the news says. Yeah, Pablo, yeah, yeah, unfortunate. Uh, okay, feminism was, uh, okay, feminism, LGBT, and black will get her in. Yeah, the LGBTQ, and they added a couple of letters on since that, will definitely, like, but, they, but yeah, like, and here's the bad part. If you say anything about any of those movements, you're a terrorist. You know what I'm saying? You, you bad for the country. You... You are, you know, it's, they're going to paint you or paint that person as being like, you know, that's the reason why we need this type of leadership because of old, old ideology, old thinking, just like, like, that's what's wrong with you people. It's like, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so, Daryl, good point, man. Those are some good points there. The thing about having Barack as the first man, <laughs> he would be on, the, he would be out there on the scene doing all the speeches and presentations. I mean, it will be entertaining. And but here's the thing, it just to me, it just goes to show how desperate the political game is is at this point in general. It is the alphabet squad. <laughs> uh, what do we got here? I got a big, better peace deal than Barry. I don't know what that is. The only thing I could sell with Michelle is to be the first. Ooh, ooh, oh man, ooh. Ooh, a lot of people suspect, you know, what's her name? Um, what's that? Ellen, did, no, no, uh, what's her name? Uh, what's the, uh, John, was it Joan Rivers? Joan Rivers. What, what was the, uh, I can't think of that. Joan Rivers? Yeah, Joan Rivers. I think it was Joan Rivers. What, who, who, who publicly and not outed, outed Michelle, apparently. And uh, it didn't last too long after that. Joan Rivers. It was Joan Rivers, yeah. So that would be a shocker. That would be a major shocker. I think, oh man, the, the the backlash though on Barack. I mean, think about it, they're gonna deep fakes of Barack. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to have him bent over. You know it's going to look bad for him. <laughs> oh, man. Michelle came from Miami. Uh, Fly Hitch hiked her way across the country. Uh, okay. Joan Rivers. Yep. Yep. She made a comment. She wasn't around too much longer. So it'd be interesting if they did try that approach. I mean, jeez, that'd be a shocker. Uh, Obama was not the first. That was Bush, the senior. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I would say it was probably, you know, I, you know, it, you know, I would imagine we had, we've had several, you know, presidents like that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I would never say that Barack was the first. I mean, I'm just good to say that some of them old heads back in the day had their secrets. (laughs) Let me actually pull up, uh, give me one second. Let me pull up my, my presidential list and we'll see, uh, which ones are, let me go to, uh, let me give me one second here. Wrong one. Uh, let me go to my little list real quick. Yeah, we'll see. Let, let me see. Like here, the sad part is, let me pull this sad part out of all these presidents here. Is is 19 different presidents here. It's good to say some of these guys back here, I mean, that's the thing, like, it, 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 it was, I would assume it's very common for a lot of these guys here to have extracurricular activity beyond what we would know about. But then again, because of the handshakes, the promises and what they did to get to the points where they became president is a question. Like I'm just sad to say that they probably dip and dabbled in some of that Jeffrey Epstein type stuff that existed, you know, back in the day as well. So all these cats, man, like, yeah, but then again, I hope I'm wrong. I don't don't know. get to that point in life, the stuff they do to get there, man. Co-host. Mike, still haven't found a co-host. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find. I mean, I really ain't. I mean, yeah, so I did the hangouts with the fellas. That was a good time to get together with other guys, but I haven't really ventured off. Like, I was, you know, attempting to get a studio and do more production type of stuff, but I'm like, man, it just takes a lot of work. And I'm like, you know, at this point, not quite sure that I got it in me. To do it at that level, uh, they are LGBT. My, <laughs> uh, yeah, it says Obama is smooth operator. The American people will fall under his uh, mesmerizing charm. Uh, I yeah, it'll work, but it, it won't work. It, it'll work, but it won't work. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to give up something. They're gonna have to promise something. Some UBI on top of that. You give them some UBI. If Michelle, say for example, they came out with the Michelle, she flipped the script, came out as whatever, and they gave an eight, and they gave UBI. Yeah, they they win, they will win. Uh, you know, Nixon and Reagan were selected as Bohemian Grove. That I am familiar to where a part of that Bohemian Grove sacrificing blood stuff, and so yeah, so I would my my. Suspicion is that all the presidents that I just showed, they all shook some hands, pledged allegiances to some societies to participate, to show their loyalty to the agenda that has gotten us to this point to where everybody signed off on the reset. <laughs> everybody signed off on a guy named Claw Swap, like speaking as if he's like he's speaking on behalf of the planet. Yeah. And none of the politicians, none of the candidates right now are talking about 
anything to do with UN or WEF. Like, so that right there lets me know that, yeah, there's some things that's untouchable. You can't touch those things or call in the night. Call in the night. Uh, so like Solar might bring in the words. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, we have about 50 minutes. Okay, so as always, people, this is a Tuesday night edition of the People Show. Um, appreciate you guys for hanging out with me, man, and going back and forth with me. Hopefully you got some entertainment out of this as well as a little education, if any was given. But uh, as always, man, appreciate you guys for hanging out with me. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't already. And uh, be back tomorrow, same time, same place, if I can. And, if, and of course, if it's the Lord's will. <laughs> All right, be blessed, be safe, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Peace. That's hoarding a massive amount of food. They will soon have over two-thirds of the globe's corn reserves, over half of its rice, and over half of its wheat. But when asked about it, China lies. So what does China know that we don't? China is the world's number one importer, relying on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. This makes them the canary in the coal mine when it comes to global food shortages. As Americans, we need to be prepared for potential food shortages. That's where 4Patriot Survival Food comes in. Their kits are compact, stackable, and have received a 5-star review for their flavor and taste. And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by using code RTD at checkout at 4Patriots.com. Don't wait. Prepare today. Once again, use code RTD at 4Patriots.com and save 10% on your first purchase.